When I was raped at the age of 15, that event shaped my dating life all the way into adulthood. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers and a real God. Now, listener discretion is advised as some of the contents of this show are meant for a mature audience only. Now, we've been talking about the trauma from rape victims and how most rape victims don't say anything or do anything because of something called self-blame, where they blame themselves for the rape occurrence. Now, in our last show, we had Kendra Valeschini who shared with us how a young boy her age, 15, had raped her. It was such a traumatic experience. The boy pressured her, even choked her through the experience, and she just ended up laying there just to hurry up and get it over with. Afterwards, the boys tried to show her this BDSM type of porn, which is like sadomasochistic, and they seemed like as if they saw the choking and the sex thing as a normal thing that girls should like. She tried telling her parents and friends about it, but at the same time, she stopped her parents from filing a police report because deep inside, she felt like it was somehow her fault for the rape. And on top of that, these boys were pressuring her, making her feel like it was her fault, even her friends as well. This is a common response to rape trauma, by the way. It's called self-blaming. So today, she's going to share how this traumatic event shaped the rest of her relationships from that day forth. Kendra, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, Kendra, first of all, I am so, so sorry that this has happened to you in your past. And I think there are many who can relate. Now, I understand that you blamed yourself for the rape situation. How did you internalize that on a day-to-day basis? On a day-to-day basis, it just broke me down pretty much because I would constantly go over the event in my head over and over again of maybe how it could have been my fault. Did this really Mm. even happen? (laughs) Wow. So you were like thinking about it all the time. Oh, yeah. I was constantly going over it very vividly. Gosh. So then that guilt, every single time you're going through it, more guilt is packing onto you day by day then. Yes. Oh my gosh. Now, how did the rape event shape your next relationship? So I got kind of put in a similar situation. I was in this relationship with this boy. It was high school and we were making out. And as it started progressing, I had that mindset just locked in. You can't say no now. You can't say no. So I would go through with sex And then we'd date for a few days, and then they'd leave. That was what they wanted. Oh, no. Now, Kendra, here's the thing, though, and I wanted to clarify this, because deep inside, you didn't want that. No. Like, you didn't want it, but you felt guilty to say no because of the initial guy who said, hey, don't ruin this for me. Yeah. Like, that just was the peg in the ground, you know, that really causes issues. Is that right? Yes. So no was not an option anymore. If I put myself in that situation is kind of was my mindset. So no is no longer an option. And you do that so many times, you kind of build up this reputation. And so... So this kept happening, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I got into this horrible cycle and I just had no idea how to even get out of it or what was really even going on. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So like here you are, you know, where you wanted purity initially. Yeah. And now you're in this cycle where like, it's like you didn't want it, 
but you did want probably like just that relationship, yes. you know, but you didn't want to go there because I understand like sex was not like good. It was almost like doing push-ups or something. It was just horrible. Like it was not a great thing for you. Yeah, it was just something you did. Oh, no. And that's not how it's made. Oh, my gosh. So it just basically scarred you. Yeah. And you're going through this. And I understand that the environment around you, your friends and people, they started viewing you in a certain way and calling you things. Tell me about that. Yeah. So kind of like I was saying, I just had kind of built up, I think, this reputation of being easy. Mm -hmm. And I wanted that relationship so bad. You know, I wanted to be loved and to have you know, like a partner or something. And I think maybe just being so young too and all those hormones they say, but yeah. wanting that so bad, I was just so willing to date. But anytime I got into that situation, I wouldn't say no. And it just kind of became this cycle. And then I'd sleep with them and then they'd be gone in a week and, mm -hmm. and I'd be heartbroken because I thought, well, maybe this could be the one. And I didn't see what was going on. Wow. Looking back, I can see it. But in that time, I didn't understand the cycle that I was in. Yeah. I think so many people unfortunately can relate to this. I think there's a lot of girls who can relate to this. And when you said brokenhearted, did you often feel very lonely afterwards? Almost like used? Very used, very lonely. And then I think that kind of fed into that blaming myself. Now it's turning into, why are all these guys leaving me? Like, am I not good enough? Am I not this? Am I not that? And it just kind of fed that self-blame and that doubt and just all those things. And just kind of kept breaking me down and breaking me down. Man, and I understand at one point you were in a relationship where one of your boyfriends introduced you to porn, which eventually got you addicted to porn, which is interesting. Tell us about that. Yeah, never saw that coming. Right. So he introduced me to porn. And as I was watching it, watching that sex gave me a whole different feeling than sex with a man. So oh. watching that, it was like, whoa, like I could feel like my body reacting to it. Mm -hmm. And then if I were to watch it on my own and have a sexual experience, I now had control over that experience. And there was oh. no like force. If my body was responding when before, like my body wouldn't respond at all when I would have sex with a guy. Oh. So it just became this whole different sex world for me. And, right. and I think the big thing is that I had control over it. Mm. You know, that's very interesting. And it became an addiction to you. That's interesting because people usually think about porn as like a male thing. Mm -hmm. But we do know statistics are showing that women are getting more and more into porn these days. And it's interesting to hear it from a woman's point of view. But specifically in your case, how it was really about the control. It wasn't just about what you saw. Yes, it was about that control and sex actually like... <laughs> started feeling good. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. But the thing about that too is I would still feel guilty. Like after it happened, like after I would watch it and have that experience, I had this sort of guilt mm. and shame. So it was still feeding into that sort of self-doubt and blame. And it wasn't doing me any good, even though I thought, okay, here, now I have this control when it actually became out of my control. This thing that I had to do, it was this release now and mm -hmm. it became an addiction, which is not in control at all. <laughs> no, right. And I understand you came to a point where you wanted to end your life from all this self-blame, guilt, self-hatred. Tell us about that. 
Yeah. So my friends, they didn't believe what had happened to me. And I built up this reputation in school. And, you know, being in high school, I was so vulnerable. So I'd lost my friends, kind of turned into this loner. And I just felt completely alone. My family didn't understand. And I love them to death. I don't blame them at all for not knowing what to do. I mean, who would know? So I just kind of felt this loneliness, this isolation. And I just at one point thought, I'm done. Like this life is empty. It's lonely. And I had gotten to the point where I was contemplating, okay, how am I going to do it? These are, you know, different ways that you can do it. And I gotten into that mindset where I just wanted to end it all. Oh, Kendra, let's stop there because your story brings so much understanding for someone who's gone through something like you have. And again, I am so sorry you went through this in your life. I mean, I understand God has redeemed your life, though, in a mighty way. And I can't wait to hear about that on our next show. So, Kendra, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Hang on. I want to talk more with you on this subject right after the break. Hey, guys, it's me again. Let me be real and upfront with you. People are calling in and getting saved and set free by the power of the gospel that is preached on this show through powerful testimonies. I remember one night I was working the phones and a man in about his 30s called in. He was a business owner who was addicted to cocaine and he was living in California. He said he was driving and he heard our show about a former drug addict and he felt convicted that he wasn't living his life right and he gave his life to Jesus that very night. To me, this is a powerful reminder that God is moving through this real and raw show to touch the lives of others. Will you help us reach other cities all across America? You may be able to donate maybe $5 a month, maybe $10, some of you $25, maybe more. Anything helps. Help us to spread the gospel to America as we are believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God in this time and in this era. But we can't do it without you. Don't just sit there. Go to AwakeningTheNations.com and join the movement to get these testimonies to help others. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show, where we're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, it is sad how Kendra felt so much of the weight of the guilt to be upon her that she didn't want the perpetrator to be held accountable. Instead, she took on all the shame, guilt, and condemnation that went with it. Why? Because rape causes an immediate feeling of shame and guilt. Because purity is literally being stolen. Many say, what's the big deal? It is a big deal because God is the one who made sex and he is the one who called for people towards purity. But rape is a defilement and as anything that is defiled, it is ruined for the future. And that is what Kendra experienced in her life as you heard that her future relationships, she learned not to resist, though she never wanted the sexual advances, and she would relive the trauma from her past again and again. And every time she would feel that guilt and shame. She would blame herself for letting herself get into that place where that could happen. Gosh, this is so sad and it's not fair. But this is something that is revealed in ancient scripture where a prince named Amnon raped the princess Tamar. And afterwards, it is written in 2 Samuel 13, 19. Then Tamar put ashes on her head and tore her robe of many colors that was on her and laid her hand on her head and went away crying bitterly. And it's later written that she stayed in the house of her brother desolate all the days of her life. That rape event ruined her life. And we need to be aware that rape taints everything for the victim. And it's no wonder why in the Bible, rape is equivocated to murder and the penalties are severe. Why? Because it's taking away of something precious in the sight of God. 
Virginity and purity is not something that needs to be quickly taken or defiled. It is something that is honored in the sight of God. Where are you at with this? I do realize that when we're talking about this, it can bring up some sore spots for some of our listeners. I sense that there's someone right now who's reminded of their past and doesn't know what to do to heal from the trauma and the self-blaming, the guilt. Can I help you? It's written in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I know that what may have happened to you was something that has defined your life for most of your life. But according to this verse, in Christ, friend, the old is gone. It is no longer part of you. And Jesus has a new life for you, a born again life. A life where your pain and turmoil dies and where your life has restoration and purity begins again in Christ. You are valuable. Thank you, Jesus. I'm praying for the person, Lord, who has trauma from any type of sexual assault that happened to them in their lives. Father God, I'm praying right now for your peace and your presence. And most of all, Lord Jesus, that we would encounter you right now, a real encounter, Lord God. Jesus, we receive you. We believe in you. We know that you're real. We receive your presence and your power in Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony. And I know that your life was touched. Did you know our shows are on Spotify? Just search for Real Life Radio Show on Spotify and enjoy all the same shows you hear on the radio. That's Real Life Radio Show. See you next time.